Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What scares you now? That this teenager thing's just going to go on forever. It's just so poor. I just can't wait to get my self-confidence back. It's just... You remember having self-confidence? Yes, I do remember having self-confidence at some point in my life. But I can't get there anymore. It's so far away. Hi, I'm your host, Malika Radway, and this is Raising Rebels, a podcast about oppressed parents raising free children. Today, we're talking about how to love teenagers. Um, I'm so excited to welcome my guest, Ola... Oh, I knew I was going to mess it up. Ola Bronke. Close or right? No, you're right. Oh, yay! Welcome, Ola. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Ola is an artist, a curator, I think like a keeper of the culture... You're like my friend crush. Um, so many things. I'm so <laughs> I'm so excited to have you here. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much. I'm like, oh, blushing right now. <laughs> I am an artist. I'm an interdisciplinary artist. I am a yoga teacher, a set decorator. And mom of a teenager. I am also um, a creator of a social art project called the Free Black Women's Library. And it's a mobile library that features about 1,500 books, all written by Black women. And the library travels all throughout New York City, sometimes outside of New York City. And it just pops up magically in these public spaces. And people, everyone's invited to come and look at the collection of books as well as engage with the books in any way that feels good for them. And that can include just like sitting down and reading, taking pictures, or it could include trading books. So for every book you bring, you get to take a book as long as it's a black woman author. And if you, so if you bring one book, you get one. If you bring two, you get two. And so on. It's awesome. See, so. I'm so like I'm so giddy that you're here. I forgot my whole thing because the first <laughs> thing we're supposed to do is you're supposed to tell me one word to describe how you're feeling right now. So, oh, tell me one word to describe how you're feeling right now. Hmm. Uh, I feel present. Yay! <laughs> That's a good one. Um, I am feeling yeah in my body too. I'm feeling very present. Also, That's interesting. Oh, crushing on you more. Tell me about your daughter. My daughter is amazing. Oh, how long, how much time do you have? <laughs> I could talk about her all night. She's a sweetheart. She's an extremely talented artist. Uh, she's a painter. She's a sculptor. 
She plays the bass. Uh, she's really kind. She's a critical thinker. She's an activist. She's an organizer. You know, she's very involved. She's a fire sign, a Leo. You know, she's a, she's amazing. She's tall and chocolate and beautiful. <laughs> what about parenting comes easiest to you? Mm. Uh, none of it really feels easy for me right now. I well, I couldn't describe it as easy, but I could describe it as fun. Okay. And I can describe it as uh, interesting and mm -hmm. challenging. And well, what about parenting do you find specifically fun? When I see my daughter coming into her own and just like forming her own opinions and coming with her own ideas, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and developing a strong sense of self. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's something really important and significant for black girls specifically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I like seeing that, that confidence mm -hmm. in her. Mm -hmm. I like seeing her uh, be very clear about what makes sense and what doesn't and just... So I find that fun because yes, I'm like, oh, yeah. look at my look at my baby. That's yes, right. get a girl. You know, <laughs> um, I like seeing her, you know, creating yeah. and doing her own thing. And, you know, that's the thing that's interesting is like her being a painter. Like I can't draw or paint for nothing. Mm -hmm. She's been painting and drawing since she was like three years old. Mm -hmm. And now she's 18. And it's just something that she's done consistently. And I'm just kind of fascinated by that. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that's, that's something that feels really good for you. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Nice. <laughs> you know? nice. So. so we start the podcast with a recollection. And the reason we do recollections is like many times when we're parenting, we think about ourselves as adults versus who we were when we were young people. And also it's a way to make sure that we bring the young people into this space. And so in preparation for a conversation about teenagers, um, I asked you to prepare a recollection around conflict. And the reason I came to conflict is that I think when many people think about teenagers or the interaction between adults and teenagers, it feels like a conflict. Mm. Um, or that you're going to have to have some sort of like clash, like it's gonna be hard. Um, so I asked you to think about a time when you were a child that you engaged with conflict. So do you wanna share your story with us? Uh, well, will you please? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have a lot of um, details, uh -huh. you know, but I do remember being in high school and definitely being like bullied, mm -hmm. you know, and having to figure out ways to navigate situations, um, get myself out of situations. Um, people are just like, you know, teenagers can be mean and mm -hmm. kind of abusive and violent sometimes. Mm -hmm. so that was <laughs> okay. my experience. Okay, okay. You know, but, um, I can't remember like an exact 
detailed memory, Mm -hmm. just moments in time where I just felt kind of afraid, Mm -hmm. um, where I was being challenged um, by someone. Mm -hmm. And there was a threat of violence, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So when I think about conflict, I, as a teenager, that's where my mind goes, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. But then when I think about conflict as an adult, you know, in this phase of life, I think about it as something that is constant and I just need to learn how to navigate it in that mm-hmm. same way, mm-hmm. but in a way where I'm not in a state of fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It totally makes sense. It totally makes sense. And I think about the thought, the memory that came to mind for me was also like, it seemed pretty consistent in my life that it was like there were conflict. Um, and like one that came to mind was the fact that like the conflict between my parents. Mm-hmm. So like I I don't have any memories really of them like living in a house together. I know it, it, it happened because there's pictures, but I don't have the like recollection. But both my parents were actively like present in my life, my entire life. And they were always in conflict with mm-hmm. one another. And I just remember the feeling of trying to like quiet it a little, like trying to feel like how do I like mediate this conflict, whether it's like my dad comes and let me go downstairs so they don't have to interact or, you know, not mentioning his name or not mentioning her name, like trying to, I guess kind of like keep the conflict at bay, Mm -hmm. but it kind of lived inside me. (laughs) You know what I mean? It kind of was like internalized. And so um, I really... I mean, it's interesting because, like, as I've gotten as, as like as an adult now, I think many people would say like, and I even tell people like, I love conflict. Like, I like engaging with conflicting ideas or like mm-hmm. challenging myself and challenging people around me. Um, and so I've always like, hmm, I don't think that's who I was. I don't think that's how I functioned for a lot of my childhood. Right. Um, but I do think it's who I am. And I wonder around a lot of times, like being in the middle of that type of conflict between two people that I love and mean the most to me, how that impacted my ability to like sit in conflict. Um, And that's definitely something I had to grow into my adulthood. Like this, like, okay, conflict is like part of life. I thrive on it. I've like grown through it. And so all of that feels like really good. Um, now, but it was not such a good feeling when I was a young person. And so when I think about teenagers and like being around teenagers, um, I do find myself conflicted often (laughs) around like how, what I want for them or how I want to be around them. And then what, what I want to protect them from in the world um, and so all of that becomes really, really, really hard and challenging. And so I wonder for you, um, cause you mentioned already, like in your childhood, you remember feeling a lot of conflict. What were the conflicts in your teen years that were like internal? Internal? Yeah. Like you felt in, like you were talking about being conflicted with bullies or like people from the outside. Mm-hmm. Were there things in, internally that you felt conflicted about as a teenager? 
my main issue as a teenager was just dealing with, I don't know, how to get through just the violence, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know. And I think, you know, when I think about how that has kind of like shaped how I see the world, it's something I know I need to constantly work on because I don't want to walk around thinking that there's always a threat looming Mm -hmm. just because that was a situation that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So now as a grown person, it's like, you know, I'm kind of like you where I just, I understand that conflict, confrontation is part of life. Mm -hmm. And from each experience, you get to grow yourself from that experience, Mm -hmm. you know, so... I don't know. Does that make sense? It totally. I mean, yes, it totally makes sense. Um, And when you speak about, it's interesting what you're saying about like how as when you were a teenager, the idea of like violence and like that being something that you were in conflict with or also like trying to protect yourself from. I often, um, I run a school and I get to be around a lot of parents of teenagers and often when I'm talking to them about how they're parenting their teenager, it's so much involved with like who they saw themselves to be as a teenager. So for example, if, you know, they smoked weed when they were a teenager and ended up getting in like really bad trouble around and it didn't work out for them, they're like, if my child smokes weed, it's the end of the world. Or if they smoked weed as a teenager and it was okay and everything worked out, my child can smoke weed, it's okay. And so like all of these ways in which who we were when we were young people kind of impact how we choose to be with our children versus like recognizing and seeing them as unique individuals for themselves. So um, are there, what are ways in which your teenager reminds you of who you were as a teenager? Mm. She's very much herself. Mm. <laughs> She's very much herself. I mean, I knew you were gonna say something like that. This is exactly why I wanted you to come on the show. <laughs> so, um, the, I, how, how I got to Ola being on the show, like I want to say, like we had this, we just met, and we had this conversation with another friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, about euphoria, and so we were talking about. Um, our friend was kind of like trying to have a conversation around should I, shouldn't I allow my teenager to watch this show mm-hmm. and like what she was feeling. Conflicted. Oh yeah, that's right. That's yes. right. That's right. What that's she right. was feeling conflicted about. And you were just so clear about your young person and what, and like what they could hold and being in community with them. And it's so rare that I talk to a parent of a teenager, um, even the most like progressive, open-minded, free-spirited person when it comes to their teenager. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it could be like, just like running around the streets naked. But as soon as they have, it comes to their teenager, something like becomes restricted like yeah. something become like tightens in them and i don't and i'm always like hmm what curious about why that is and so i want to know like so why is it not that way for you hmm i don't know i think i think it's because i try to remember how it felt to be that age mm-hmm. you know 
And I think it's because I see my daughter as her own person and not a reflection of me, mm-hmm. you know, and not a project. Mm-hmm. But what as do you a, mean when you say not a project? Um, <sighs> you gotta tell it, Ola. You gotta tell it. You're, we are helping. You are you are helping the people because it is very challenging. And we need I think to hear sometimes, it. I think a lot of times uh, when it comes to parenting, parents often see their child as um, a measure of their own worth and sometimes see their child as a representation of them and not as a human being. Mm-hmm. So... It's hard for them to see their child as like a sexual being mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. you know, someone that could be out in the world, like just doing whatever, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's it's a combination of things. Mm-hmm. For one, like I feel like teenage years are the years when you should be able to experiment, but mm-hmm. you understand that. You have that support Mm -hmm. from your parents, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I think that's the safest time Mm -hmm. as opposed to when you're in your 20s and your 30s and you're out on your own. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if Mm -hmm. you're going to choose the best time to Mm -hmm. be a rule breaker, Mm -hmm. do it when you have parents who can, like, rescue you, you know? Um, So I, you know, when it came to euphoria, it for me, it was a really awesome gateway for conversation between me and my daughter, mm-hmm. you know, about things that we may not just normally talk about. For so, those of you, I don't know who you are, but <laughs> if by some chance you do not know what you for is, it is an amazing <laughs> show <laughs> by our lovelies. And Zend- well, she's a star Zendaya um, about, I think it's just really about, the lives of teenagers like i th- i mean i think that's the most accurate description of like what's going on in that show so it is interesting when parents are like i don't know if i want my teenager to watch this show about the lives of teenagers you know it's like i was like well you know that they got it based on what teenagers are experiencing yeah um yeah it's just super real like yeah. it's so and even if they're not experiencing it there's still a connection between just that ethos yes. that emo that fashion that music that energy you know the you know the queerness the non-binaryness like this specific generation of teenagers is like there's no binary at all Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like there's no good or bad Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know there's no straight i love them it's it's like whatever i love them i live for it yes i live for it i I think it's awesome i think it is and i feel like euphoria gives gave me anyway a, a really really good fodder for conversation yeah and i think it's really important for parents if you have teenagers to pay attention to like what's popular, mm-hmm. you know, what type of music is popular, what shows are popular, what movies, just mm-hmm. like, and it's really easy because mm-hmm. it's like the internet. And now you have the internet. You have the internet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 
and listen to the music that's mm-hmm. popping mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I think it's important to humanize your kids. Yes, yes. You know? Yes, absolutely. And, and you- it's hard to I think as black parents, well, I'm a black mama, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's also the pressure because you want your kids to succeed and be awesome and have super amazing opportunities. So there's a part of you that's like, all right, no time for bullshit. Just boom. Mm -hmm. But we have to break out of that mentality. I think we have to break out of that, like, you know, kind of rigorous mentality. We have to like Mm -hmm. learn to ease off a little bit and, I think a lot. I mean, you know, (laughs) because I think so much of the experience of childhood now is about what comes next versus the experience of childhood. And um, I really loved being a teenager. Do you know what I mean? Like, I really enjoyed the wonder of it all like the idea that you could like be in love with somebody this week and next week can't stand them and that there's always a school dance and somebody might kiss or someone might look at you or did you get that person like the music and the food and like the girlfriendness and the boyfriendness and like (laughs) just all of it I remember just feeling it felt magical, mm. right? Like it felt like, and it felt like, um, it felt like a, I don't even remember my parents at that time. You know, like I know they were there. Like I, you know, like I remember I had moments of getting in trouble and things. So I know they existed, but I don't, re- you know, like I felt fully in the world, you know, like they were, it's interesting that you said like, they were going to come and get you because I like they were my boundaries, right? Like I did a lot of things like I don't want my mother to know. I don't want my dad to know or like you're trying to be sneaky, but you're really not that sneaky. You're not that <laughs> like, sneaky. How sne- like my dad saw me everywhere I went. He was like, like yeah, I saw you wait, uh, over there on yeah. two blocks from where you're supposed to be. And, like, that's how do you cute, know? That's, that's part of being a teenager, yes, I think, is you, you're, thinking that you're getting away yes, with some, some stuff. You could have told me that I was not, <laughs> I wasn't like a detective. Like, I you had know? it. And they'd be like, no, I saw you. Like, yeah. What? Yeah. 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 But it, you felt that way. You felt like it felt that it's way. Fine. I'm like, I'm going to let you think that. Yes. I'm going to let you think I don't know. Do you feel safe to break rules? Like, what do you think happens when you break rules? Um, I really think it depends on what rules I'm breaking. Because some rules are just stupid. And some rules, they're like rules, but not rules. Like, if you give me money for like when I was 10, if you gave me money to buy the store, I'd use the change to buy chocolate for myself. And I eat it before I get home and dispose of the receipts. So you never find out. I don't know if that was a rule, but I did it. And it felt wonderful. Wait, do you think that I did not realize that you were spending the leftover change? <laughs> yes. You thought you, were, you, think you yes. were just keeping that to yourself? Yes. I was so sneaky, too. <laughs> it was great. Oh, okay. It was incredible. And now I have a rule where if you give me change... And you don't ask for it back within the next three days. It is officially mine. Oh, so you make your you make your own rule. I've told you this rule so many times. Okay. I, yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Every time, like, I talk to people about teenagers, people who don't even have kids, and they're just like, it's like exacerbation about their existence in the world. Like, yes, on the train, on the bus. And I saw them in front of the mall. Like, they're just, they're just like nuisances. Like, yeah, oh my they God. Get a just, bad rap. Yeah. And I'm always like, you were a teen. Like, you know, why is this like they get negativity? A bad yeah. I saw these, um, this teen, these group of teenagers get on the bus and the bus driver was so dismissive of them. Like the kid lost his bus pass. He's obviously coming from school. He's bu- and he's just giving him sh- so much shit. And I was like, for what? Like, uh, like wh- what? Why are you so are upset? Mean. And it makes me think like, did you not like yourself as a teenager? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, did like is the reflection of who you were as a teenager or like that level of like, being big in your body, but still like innocent in your mind, which is so beautiful. You know, like the naive that comes with being that age, but like the ability to be in the world is magical. And there's a way that for so many people, I think when they see it, it doesn't, it feels like dis- like there's like a disgust that comes with it or rejection yeah. that comes with it. Um, how do people receive your teenager in the world? My daughter. <laughs> people, people love her. Oh, great! Yeah, yes. people love my kid. That's great. She's a star. Oh, yay! She's amazing. Uh-huh. She's amazing. Uh-huh. But I agree with you. I think teenagers do get a bad rap, and it's unfortunate the way they are treated mm-hmm. in the world, the way they're looked at and looked down. Mm-hmm. upon mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of judgment and a lot of um you know when i was your age type stuff mm-hmm. and it's like you were the same yes you were the same you were a mess too <laughs> <laughs> and it's okay exactly and it's okay so i mean but, I, rem- yeah. I always say like i feel like i'm this i can i feel like i'm the same person i was with six when i was 16 i mean i literally I'm married to somebody I knew when I was 16. So, yeah. (laughs) So, I guess a constant reflecting back of like, oh, yeah, I'm still that person um, that I was when I was like a teenager. And I think there's a way in which for so many people, they don't get to have that experience of like still sitting in that, like knowing that that's still who they were so that they see other teenagers or people that age as like like you said humanize them yeah um so when we got together today we had to have a little moment because um we were discussing the fact that ti um i don't even know how to describe this because i'm so upset like as we as i start to bring it up in my body i'm like want to convulse but basically (laughs) it's disgusting disgusting. so basically this ti commented that he goes with his teenage daughter to her gynecological visits to 
ensure that she's still a A virgin in 2019 and it was make like you're talking about like sexuality which is something with teenagers and how people think about sexuality with teenagers um is fascinating to me um because i mean ti and that whole situation is so fucked up I don't understand how it's not seen as abusive. Well, this is the thing, right? Like, and it's such a violation. But I think for so many people, I think for so many like black folks, people of color, oppressed people, we've been conditioned and socialized to think that like sexuality is like something that for girl children, you should like not see, touch, know anything about. And but that's not healthy and it's not realistic. We're sexual beings. Well, I mean, don't come at me. I don't think that. <laughs> but what I will say, what I will say. This is just common sense. I don't understand why we're still having this struggle in 2019. Like, this doesn't make any sense to me. We are sexual beings. Like, we're born with sexual energy as we get older it grows and people that's why we have attraction that's i mean this is how but i think people so come m- together i get this, it but i i, it's I like agree with you natural and normal <laughs> like I think why are you i completely trying to deny agree with you your daughter's sexuality that's disgusting that is so strange and twisted like you, <sighs> you're preaching, but I guess I mean I don't understand it. It doesn't make what? any sense to me. I don't think there's any reasons for it at all. I do think that there is where Ti shit is all just all the way wrong. Um, there are ways in which when we think about teenagers and their sexuality, adults are very uncomfortable with the nuances yeah. of what that means. And I think like for me, I remember before I had kids. Um, I watched this Oprah episode and on it was, um, I can't remember her name, but this psychologist and she was talking, she did this thing with these two teenagers that were going to have sex and the, the male, she asked both of them. She's like, so you guys are going to have sex. You want to have sex? She asked the boy, how long do you, th-? she asked the girl, how long do you think you guys are going to be in a relationship? And the girl was like, oh, we're going to just, we're going to be together forever. And then she asked the boys like, how long do you think you're going to be in a relationship? He was like, I'm thinking till like summer. <laughs> and, was, and then she looked at him and she was like, wait, what? And he was like, well, you know, we're going to go to college. Like, with, you know, it was very, had a very different perspective on it. And it was that kind of thing of like, yeah, no <laughs> one's talking to teenagers about what it is to be in relationship with someone, what it is, like what sexual attraction is, how does it feel? And what that therapist said in that episode was what you should do when you have a daughter is when they turn 13, you should get them a vibrator. Because what, to be a male child, you are, you know, it is okay. And you can physically bring yourself to like, be sexual with yourself, right? Like how you Mm. have sexual experiences is with yourself. But as females, we're socialized to think of our sexual experiences as being something you do for or with someone else versus like thinking about 
sex being with yourself and because of just yeah. like biology that's a great idea bringing yourself to orgasm or being able to do that as you know a young person is really hard as a female so getting a vibrate can be very liberating and so i remember i said to myself i was like god please hold me accountable <laughs> when i have a teenager and they turn 13 i'm gonna make sure that i go wow. and get them a vibrator so I had a teenager and they did turn 13. Um, so I had a daughter and she did turn 13. And so I went to get her a vibrator. Wow. So it was like, a, I was like, it was one of those things and I do this sometimes in my brain where I'm like, I'm holding myself, I don't have to think about it. I've already decided what I'm doing. This is what's going to happen. So I went to an amazing um, sex toy shop, Babeland. Um It's one in Brooklyn, it's one in, in, New York, in Manhattan. They're amazing. They do... So, such like work around being body positive and and all kinds of things. But anyway, I went into the store. I'm there shopping around like this. I'm just going to do this. Let me go find this vibrator for my child. Let's figure out how this is going to work. And there was another black mom with her teenager in there looking for a vibrator too. We had a whole moment about it. And I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. And she was like, yeah, I told her like, I want you to know how to please yourself before anybody else. And I was like, yes, that's why I'm here too. Wow. And so it was like- That's this, amazing. I, it felt amazing. <laughs> um, but how, like, I can't think, I, I, I myself couldn't think about it too long. You know what I mean? Like I had already decided that that was something that I was going to do. And so it's almost like my brain and the rest of me had to catch up. Yeah. You know, I was just going to have to catch up. Um and I wonder around what are those things that are challenging for you to hold yourself accountable? Because you may know that it is like right, you know, like it might be in alignment with who you are as a person and how you want to parent your teenager, but also it's hard because it's hard, you know, like to be, to figure out how to sit in the nuances of this relationship. Does anything come up for you? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if you said no. I got this, but I'm just no, asking. No, no, no. I mean, I've never, I never thought of buying my daughter a vibrator. That's for sure. Oh my god, I feel so proud. <laughs> I um never thought about that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to her about that mm-hmm. and see what she says. <laughs> if she wants one, mm-hmm. I'll get her one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just encourage her. You know, I have encouraged her to you know, self-pleasure mm-hmm. herself, mm-hmm. you know, experiment. Mm-hmm. How did those conversations go? <laughs> she doesn't like talking no. about it. <laughs> she doesn't like talking about mm-hmm. it, but I still bring it up. Yeah. You know, I bring up sex randomly all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll say something like, you know, so um, kiss anybody lately? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. got any crushes? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, what's happening? Does she share? Sometimes. That's not, but I think it's so, it's so interesting because this idea of like bringing Sometimes in, she just walks away. Well, that's okay. And ignores me. That's okay. Well, so you're holding space though. You're mm-hmm. inviting the conversation. So yeah. when she wants to, when she's ready, she knows you're there. Exactly. And what I find with a lot of parents of teenagers is this idea of being able to sit with them through like 
their moodiness and their mm-hmm. emotional highs and lows yeah. is so incredibly difficult. It's very challenging. That they, you know, like you're talking about your teenager stepping away, but you don't. But what I find with a lot of like parents of teenagers is that they have, they step away. Mm-hmm. And it leaves the feedback I get from teenagers a lot when I'm speaking to them is like this enormous sense of abandonment. And I'm always like, and I, when I tell parents that they're always like, what are you talking about? It's like, they think you're like, they miss you. They miss your presence. They miss your like attention. They feel like you've forgotten them. Mm. And they're like, when I go talk to them, they give me shit. And like, cause they're teenagers, but they still want you to yeah. continue to come back and to know that you're there and available. And sometimes they hear me, sometimes they don't. Grownups are so hard. They're so difficult. But I think that is- It's that ego. It's tell me more. Why do you think it's ego? <laughs> the ego holds us back. I think the ego sometimes holds us back as parents because we think that we're do you know we're putting our all into it and we're doing such a good job at this parenting thing. And it's like it's not really about what you and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's it, there's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. But um. It's definitely challenging. Um, there's this book that I read about parenting teenagers. It's called How to Hug a Hedgehog. That is the perfect, perfect name. Isn't it? That is the perfect name. It's about parenting teens specifically. And, you know, That's it's a, a it's brilliant a, title. It's a white male author, but That's a, I mean, I enjoyed it. Okay. Um, and I found it. Thanks for the disclaimer. We appreciate it. I f- and I found it useful mm-hmm. because he really goes into depth about how much patience it requires, you know, to parent teenagers specifically. How, you know, just as you described, mm-hmm. it's like you think you're giving them space when when, what they really want is for you to be all up in their face and it's but they but they're acting like they want you to get away from them like you're you're disgusting (laughs) yeah no absolutely absolutely so um it, it can be very challenging because you you know sometimes romanticize parenting in your mind of like how things are gonna be you know, or you think back to how things were at one point, and then there's like this weird shift mm-hmm. that happens. But you got to think about physiology and the teenage brain mm-hmm. and how it functions and how certain parts of it are not developed at all. Mm-hmm. You got to think about hormones and feeling turned on and excited and stimulated and titillated all the time, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that combination. Then you got to think about your peers and like your parents don't really matter at all. Mm -hmm. They're just there. Mm -hmm. What's most important to teenagers are their peers. Mm -hmm. No no one else matters Mm -hmm. besides their friends, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and then on top of that, there's other things that can factor in to where it's just like all these different pieces of a puzzle. Cause mm-hmm. 
You can talk about race. You can talk about gender. You can talk about queerness. Mm -hmm. You can talk about disabilities. Mm -hmm. You can Mm -hmm. talk about the intersection of poverty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, youth oppression is just huge. Colorism. Like, there's all these different factors. Mm -hmm. So, I think, you know, being a teenager, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of labor. Because the world feels antagonistic Mm -hmm. and confusing, you know, and you feel like you're supposed to be smart, but (laughs) sometimes it doesn't feel like you are. Mm -hmm. And then you add a bunch of other stuff to it. So, you know, my biggest lesson when it comes to parenting a teen is like the love that I didn't get as a teen is what I think about, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think there is something to when you parent your child, if you had a very damaging childhood, it's a way for you to like reparent yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So So you're you're really kind and sweet and loving to the Ola teen? Yes. Through loving your child. Yes, I try my best. But patience, I think, is, you know. And I mean, I think compassion. compassion. I mean, what you you and you just laid out that whole list of what it is. I was like, wow, that's a lot. And I think if more of us could hold that in our like bodies, in our souls, in our minds, when we're interacting with teenagers, we could allow them so much more grace and compassion. Thank you so much for coming to talk with us, Ola. Hey, Raising Rebels fam, I have news. Raising Rebels is heading to the National Association of Independent Schools 2019 People of Color Conference in Seattle, Washington on December 4th through 7th. If you know any independent school teachers who are going to be there, or if you're going to be there, please stop by our table. We'll be around all day Thursday and Friday. And also remember to follow us on Instagram at Raising Rebels Pod. Thank you for listening. We wish you the best of luck along your parenting journey and know that I have your back. This podcast was produced by Domino Sound. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.